Welcome to the sixth episode of the Trailside Podcast. In this series, I'll be speaking with cyclists that are part of the Kona Bikes Ambassador Programme, in which Kona Bikes helps to support cyclists from all around the world. In this episode, I speak with Catherine Dove about the rewards and challenges of volunteering to coach youth cycling clubs. Um, basically, though, the, the idea I had for this podcast is to... Rather than research you and know everything there is to know about you and have all these questions prepared, kind of just go in a little bit blind and have a conversation with somebody who also just likes cycling mm-hmm. and just kind of basically learn about each other and and see how it goes. So um, yeah, th- thanks for coming along and giving me some, some of your time. I, I imagine you must be pretty early in the morning for you. Yeah, it's it's five a.m. here, oh, which wow, is yeah. which is what time I normally get up. But I got up a little okay. bit earlier today, so I got up at four thirty. So um, yeah, sorry, I uh, kind of just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. The early rise of the day. I was talking to someone yesterday, and we were on at six a.m. their time, but it's it's one one p.m. now for me in the afternoon. And on uh, Friday, is it one p.m. on Friday? Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, for, for Friday like, afternoon, Friday morning. No, I'm, I'm okay. not that far ahead. I'm not in Australia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the same day, but just yeah. in the afternoon. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm about seven or eight hours ahead of you or whatever it works out as. Um, okay, so I suppose if we start off, if you just tell me a little bit about yourself and how kind of cycling is involved in your life. Uh, my name's Catherine Dove. Um, I live in Washington, uh, Washington State. Um, so I'm in the uh, I'm in Snoqualmie, so just east of Seattle. Um, I'm a Kona ambassador, so I've been a Kona ambassador for two years. I think this will be coming up on my third year as a Kona ambassador. Um, I also work. I'm a, a physical therapist, um, so I work in outpatient physical therapy in Seattle. Um, I've been doing that for let's see. I think eight years now. Um, okay. And yeah, I've been riding, uh, I've been mountain biking since 2010. Um, so I guess before I went to PT school. Um, so it's been about 12 years now. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the main thing I do with my free time. Although in the winter, it sort of switches to winter sports like um, skiing and snowboarding. Okay. So that there's not much um, of an opportunity for you to cycle at all during the winter. Is it just too much snowfall? Uh, no, there's actually um, there's a area pretty close to our house that is usually snow free all winter. There's usually only like one or two weeks where you actually couldn't ride bikes. Um, so yeah, we're pretty lucky. You could I like last winter wasn't great for snow, but it was good for mountain biking all winter. So um, yeah, I think there was only like a couple weeks where I couldn't ride. Okay, yeah, I know here it for winter it just rains, 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 and more rain. Um, the, the off chance that we do get snow, the whole country just shuts down and everybody goes crazy because we're just not prepared for it. We don't have that kind of a climate. It's just wet. Remind me where what location you're in. Oh, sorry. So I am in Ireland, in okay the west coast of Ireland, right on the edge of the Atlantic. So yeah, it's a very mild climate. Um, never gets too hot, never gets too cold. Okay. But it's it rains more often than it doesn't. <laughs> okay. What um what is the city that you're in or closest to? Or? 
Uh, so I live in the city called Galway. Um, it's okay. I think the the third or fourth largest city in Ireland. But even Ireland, like city wise, like the population of the whole country is only about five and a half million or six million or something like that. Like you know the, it's it not it's not huge. Um, definitely nothing nowhere near as big a population as the UK next to us. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so there's like with that small of a population, the cycling community is quite small. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very small market here in Ireland, but at the same time, because it's so small, it's like everybody nearly knows everybody. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, whenever you go to an event or a race or anything like you always see the same faces, you always like, well, for me, I recognize people by their bikes rather yes. than their faces. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, I remember I saw that bike, you know, six months ago in this place or I saw that bike last year. It's like, oh, I remember you like no idea who you are or what your name is, but I remember seeing your bike. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually been to Galway. It was, but it's been quite a while. It was, uh, I think, during one of my summers during college, we and we did a trip to Europe, and I went. I did. I remember going to Galway. Oh, cool! Did you have a good time? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Did it rain? <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, it was in the it was in the summer. I think it was oh, okay. in uh, either July or August. It was really nice. Um, mm-hmm. I went to Galway and then took a boat to one of the Aran Islands. I think oh, it was. Yeah. Enish Moor mm-hmm. is that the bigger one? Uh, the biggest one is Enish Moor. Yeah, Moor that okay. literally means big. <laughs> so, oh, okay. <laughs> Enish Moor means big island. <laughs> yeah, so I remember that was like one of the, just the that whole part of my trip was like one of the highlights of the summer. Awesome, that's cool. Um, so what was it that kind of brought you into cycling? So you said you started mountain biking around two thousand and ten. Like, what was it that kind of attracted you to it? Um, it was definitely due to my, uh, now husband, then boyfriend. He, he had, uh, started mountain biking in college and, and I mean, mountain biking was one of those things I kind of like, I, I knew people who did it growing up, like when I was in high school, but I just didn't Mm -hmm. like, I don't know why I didn't really think it was an option for me, but, um, yeah, then it, uh, I guess it was after college. I, uh, started dating my now husband. He was into mountain biking. So then, he would let me ride one of his bikes and then he ended up, um, I think it was a birthday present. Uh, he got me a, uh, not the nicest bike, but it was my first bike. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of what, um, helped actually get me into it. Cool. And it's straight into mountain biking. No other kind of, you have no interest in, or have you ever practiced in like, you know, kind of touring or do you use bikes as a method to commute? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've had, I think I got a road bike. Um, I guess that would have been when I was in college, maybe like my freshman year of college in Seattle. It's like, uh, works a lot better if you just ride a bike, like it doesn't, yeah. there's not that much parking. So, um, commuting is way better on a bike. Um, in, especially in Seattle. So yeah, I think I'd gotten my first, I mean, I had a bike growing up, um, but, mm-hmm. uh, but then I got a road bike in college and then a, another road bike and, um, that I had until pretty recently. I actually did, there was a period even after I started mountain biking when I was in PT school, um, I actually did more road biking than mountain biking for a little while. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, so I suppose like um, what has oh, sorry. So you've I, like I know when I decided to start this podcast, like being a, a part of the Kona Ambassador Program, I have a I have a huge pool of people to to reach out towards. Like, so the first thing I did was reach out to all the other Kona Ambassadors, and so far, a great response. A lot of people have uh, have signed on to have a conversation with me. And what was it about kind of? 
I suppose with Kona, they, you know, they don't always just pick the person who can go the fastest down the hill or do the biggest jumps. You know, they kind of, they bring people on who have like an interesting story to tell or they have, you know, the cycling is more part of their life in like a creative way, I suppose, sometimes. It's like, so how does that kind of, what way would you tie your life in that kind of brought you on board with Kona or how did that come about? Um... Yeah, I mean, I do, uh, I do some of the like typical things that you were mentioning, like racing. I mean, I do a lot of racing during the summer, uh, okay. a lot of downhill and enduro racing. Um, but then I also do a lot of coaching. Um, so there's a local um, high school and middle school mountain bike team called Mount Sai MTB. So I've been coaching with them for quite a while and trying to build up like the girls specific team, which has been challenging but uh it's just for some reason always hard to grow that group um and then i've been coaching with another there's another uh youth group uh called sweet lines um so i did a little bit of coaching with them this past spring um so i think um the coaching aspect might have been um part of what uh is um an additional thing that i bring to the table um we do a lot of um uh, trips as well, like, um, mountain bike trips. Like we went to, um, Madeira this past spring. So, um, like being able to write up trip reports about like yeah. where, we're, where, where I've been, um, riding is, I mean, I always find it interesting writing, uh, reading about other people's adventures on their bikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. That, that sounds awesome. So like you downhill is pretty much the extreme end of mountain biking and, and, like there used to be a quite a, a big scene of downhill here in Ireland, but then when the kind of enduro race format really exploded in popularity, however, I what's you know coming on ten years ago now, kind of downhill just fizzled away into nothing. But enduro is still kind of holding on strong. Is there still a big downhill scene over where mm-hmm. you were? Yeah, there's a series called the Northwest Cup um, that is um, it's so it's Washington. Uh, let's see, Washington, Idaho, and Montana. I think those are the three states that the races are in. I think there's usually eight races per year. Um, so I've, I've never actually done all the races in a season because the ones, there's some that it'll be like a 13-hour drive to get to. And it's like, yeah, you'd have to like take, I mean, I, I normally work 410, so I have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And those downhill races are, um, it's like the full weekend you go yeah. and you practice on Friday and then practice on Saturday and then race on Sunday. And so if you also have like a full day of driving, like that's a little tough to do. So I usually go to the ones that, um, there's usually at least like two races in Port Angeles, which is maybe two and a half hours from where I live. Um, and then there might be like we had a bike park just open at Snoqualmie Pass, which is, oh, cool. um, I guess, 30 minutes east of where I live. So maybe there'll be a bike. There was like talk of there being one of the bike races there this year, but then mm-hmm. the bike park didn't end up opening until like the end of August. So um, they ended up having their last race in Port Angeles. So, um, so yeah, there's a pretty big like there. I don't think there were any pro grt races as part of the series last year but like the year before i think there was one so like you'll sometimes when it's when they have one of those races you'll you know sometimes see some names that you'll also see on like uh world cup races yeah cool so yeah there's a decent i feel like 
not huge, but there's a decent downhill scene. Yeah, it, it definitely kind of fizzled away here. I think the it was something similar, like you'd, you'd you have to drive somewhere and you'd park up in a field and pitch a tent because like the trail would be down through some woodland or a forest on the side of a hill and the only way to access it would be like farmers fields and you know if they let you host a race there you know everyone would park up in the field on Friday night and camp out and then Saturday all day practice and Sunday morning would be practice and then the race mm-hmm. um, but I think when Enduro came along then it seemed like I know for me it kind of appealed a little bit more where you'd still get the weekend away but like it's not just race down a hill as fast as you can and then get the uplift back up to the top on the trailer of a tractor um, and then do it again and re- rinse and repeat and then on Sunday you might get an hour practice and you're going to have to hang around all day and wait for your number to be called standing at the top of the hill whereas with the Enduro like you could go out with the group of friends and you know you could just spend the day cycling all day Saturday and then on the Sunday race you could still be with the same group of friends and work your way to the top of each stage and, and race down and, and it, it kind of it, it appealed a little bit more that it was just a weekend out cycling with your friends rather than just concentrating solely on going as fast as you can down the hill and just purely kind of racing. It was a little bit more relaxed of an environment, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how there's like, um, and like I definitely do a, like a mix of both of those races. So it's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's always interesting comparing like the, um, the things that are fun about downhill versus the things that are fun about enduro. Um, so yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't race enduro or downhill anymore. I used to, but I've kind of, I've mellowed out a little bit and I just kind of enjoy cycling my gravel bike or going out on the cross country trails and just having some fun on the bike. I do, I do some of the local cross country races, but they're quite small. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you'll always see the same faces there and you know, like in each kind of, skill category you're probably racing against another like four or five people but it's just it's nice to kind of support the local league and there's and you know the numbers have been growing mm-hmm. um, and it's great to see the the races getting busier and a lot of young kids and juniors and everything getting out and racing as well and and some of them are crazy fast like i would like they're they're faster than the adults <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that's the same like uh at the down at the downhill races there's a lot like there's more kids at the downhill races than there are at the enduro races i think partly because it's actually like at the downhill race, it's usually either like a shuttle or if it's at a resort, it's a chairlift. So it's Mm -hmm. easier for the kids to like actually, you know, get up to the top of the mountain versus like the enduro races. There's a lot of kids doing them, but like, I mean, they're like, they're big days. So it's like, I don't know if I would have been able to go out and do a 20 mile day as like a 15 year old. I mean, that's kind of, that's, I feel like that's really impressive for those kids. Whereas there's like, a bunch of like really little kids doing the downhill races which is that's also been cool to see like that I feel like has just since I've been doing the downhill races it seems like the number of kids doing them has grown a lot oh and I know yeah you reminded me the fastest times yes the fa- the fastest times <laughs> at least in the for sure in the women's field is in the under 18 category <laughs> yeah uh big time like because I know there's um at the, these kind of local cross country races, there's there's one girl, and she's you know she was started off in the under tens and under eights, and then under twelves, and then in the juniors, um, and I think she still falls into the junior category, but she'll go and she'll do the junior race, and then when all the kids are done and it's time for the adults and the seniors, like she'll just go and race the race anyway with the elites just for the sake of getting a few more laps in and like you know that's insane she'll just be just 
you know, hanging on to the back of the guys, just cycling along with them, like not a, you know, not even trying. <laughs> it's, and it's crazy. It's like, you know, like if you keep that, if you, if you're that passionate about it, like you're definitely kind of going places, hopefully. Yeah. The downside to Ireland is like the, we're such a small cycling market. It can be very hard to kind of break out of it and get mm. into the world scene. Like there's been a few kind of World Cup downhill riders out of Ireland and then there's Greg Callahan in the Enduro mm-hmm. series like and there's a there's a couple of new juniors in the World Cup series um in the downhill as well coming out of Ireland like so it's great to see that you know they can kind of break free from the tiny market that is the this country because like when you don't have the a huge selection of those the downhill courses with uplifts and chairlifts and everything like you know how do you get the practice in so it really takes a lot of dedication on on their part and especially with the parents as well you know supporting them and bringing them places so that they can get that get in the laps and and get the experience and the skill and it, it's it's brilliant to see really mm-hmm. i suppose it's not as much of a a problem over in the u.s as much big market i'd say there's much tighter competition over there mm-hmm. yeah we also have like a lot of trails available even just like right where i live there's uh we can ride to some trails from my house and mm-hmm. then there's um there's tiger mountain which is just like 10 minutes away from here and then uh tokel which is the place uh that's in fall city it's the place where you could ride like all winter basically unless it actually snows down low okay. um so yeah there's a lot to choose from and then now like there's a bunch of stuff up at the pass so yeah, and would they lucky. mostly be like are they all kind of enduro trails or or there yeah. could be a mix of like a little bit of cross country, a little bit of enduro, a little bit of downhill, or is it just people that have decided oh, I'm going to cut the trail into the side of the mountain and you can use it for whatever? Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely a mix. Um, probably, yeah, the majority would be like enduro trails. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some trails that are kind of like more full on just downhill trails. And then mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of cross country trails, like especially at Tokel, there's a lot of co- cross country trails. So like it's sometimes fun to like just come up with like some, you know, huge ride where you're doing a mix of cross country and enduro and downhill. Like you can at all of these places, you can put together like really big, big um, fun rides to do. Cool. And so I you know, mentioned earlier that you're involved in um, kind of training is it so you work a part of the local schools and you train kids like would that be part of the cycling and do you, um do you like is that that i i'd imagine that's called all, all volunteer on your part to go down to the local cycling club and and help out yeah it's um it is associated with the school the one the the one associated with the school is volunteer all the coaches are volunteer the mm-hmm. other one um sweet line so those ones are paid coaches um so the one that's um, associated with the school that's volunteer, um, uh, it's you don't like go to the school. We like we meet at the bike trails, but yeah, they any yeah. like at the uh, I guess it's usually in like February March. Um, that that's when we'll like go to the school and have a meeting and talk about it, like an informational meeting to let people know about it, and um, and then um, yeah, that one is uh, volunteer. So it's usually like ideally once a week sometimes it ends up like especially in the summer with bike races it ends up being like maybe a couple times a month that i do that mm-hmm. yeah i suppose it's like when everybody's trying to volunteer their time if they you know life takes over sometimes and it's hard to get the to get the people there but like is there much support from the schools or like because like over here there's you join a like a private cycling club and that's about as much as you'll get there's no kind of cycling clubs or anything like that in the schools or there's no 
like there's no support or kind of infrastructure here. It's it's just not a thing that's done here. It's mainly kind of ball sports that everybody partakes in when they're when they're joining clubs and schools here. So it, like, w- yeah. does it work more like you go into the school and say we do this as a club and it's kind of attached to the school, or does the school itself kind of support the students? It's more the first one. It's kind of just attached to the school. Like it's, okay. Um, so yeah, there's not. I wouldn't say there's like tons of support from the school. Like I don't think there's any like financial support from the school but uh, I think actually the majority of the I mean there's a fee to join the team which is like Mm -hmm. for the there's kind of two teams now there's like a more competitive team that's maybe like $300 a year or something and then there's a club team that's like $100 so it's like it is a pretty low fee for like given that there's like weekly practices um and like coaching at the practices um but that's like the fee from the kids and well their parents um so there is i don't think there's any like financial support from the school but um i think what where a lot of the support comes from is there's um so people that work at like boeing or microsoft like some of these bigger companies will match like if they go and volunteer to do coaching the company will like match that. And so I think that's actually where the majority of the funding comes from is from some of these companies matching their employees, volunteering their time. Um, And then, so, um, so yeah, if that answers your question, there's not like, I think the main support comes in the fact that they'll, they'll let us have a meeting at the school and like, you know, Uh kind of like spread the word through the school, but um, we don't, I mean, since we're mountain biking, we don't use any of like the, we don't use like a field at the school or anything. Although we probably could if we wanted to, but it just ends up being easier logistically. Like if you wanted to do like some drills before practice, you just do them at wherever we're meeting. And then it's usually like do some skills and then go for a trail ride and maybe stop halfway through and, and practice some more skills. So it just makes more sense to do that at the trail. Yeah. That, that that sounds awesome. Um, like that's such a kind of foreign concept to me that, you know, you, you could have that kind of that style of a club. Like I know they're getting more popular here with with um, cycling is getting more popular, but it's like it's still quite small. We're a small country, but mm-hmm. uh, it's I know that there's a, a group of really dedicated people kind of really pushing for skills days for kids and especially skills, skill days for um, for women that are just joining the the sport and getting into it be it you know road or off road or mountain or gravel because you know it's a it's a fairly kind of male dominated sport so mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine it could be a bit intimidating at a time especially when there's some there's always going to be one or two meatheads there that just want to go as hard <laughs> and fast as they can so yeah it's great that they you know the 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 local cycling body is called cycling ireland okay and um they that's like the ni- the national cycling governing body of the country. Like, you know, they kind of handle your rate, your race licenses with UCI and kind okay. of insurance. And that's who you, you pay your fee to every year. Mm-hmm. And then you can join clubs then alongside that. Um, but like they're kind of, over the last couple of years, they've definitely put a big initiative into getting more kids out onto bikes and not mm-hmm. just racing. It's not just all about like, here, if you say somebody you ride bikes, they just automatically assume you you cycle on the road with a racer bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there there's a big push on, you know, different types of disciplines. Like, there's a there's BMX clubs for like you know the the track racing BMX, and there's um, 
you know, casual cycling and there's like skills days where they'll go to schools and they'll try and get their kids to come in with their bikes. And if they have a, like a guy who's a mechanic or someone there, they'll have give each bike a quick look over to make sure it's OK and show them oh, how to cool. cycle through kind of bothers and do hand signals to make sure they're safe on the road if they're cycling to and from school and, and things like that. So it, there's definitely a lot more going on now mm-hmm. than there was when I was small. So, you know, it's great to see. But what, like, I think if you were to compare us to the UK or mainline Europe, we are still easily 15 years behind, I'd say, mm, mm-hmm. if not a bit more when it comes to kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's 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 really cool to hear about, you know, clubs like that. Just Yeah, there definitely wasn't even um, like just when I was in high school, I don't remember. I don't remember there being a mountain bike club. So the fact that one exists is pretty cool. So I think that's why I like to keep supporting that is to keep it going. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. <laughs> I just love cycling and I love to see other people cycling. I just think it's a great thing. And uh, when I see it grow and become more popular and support everybody with it, I think it's I think it's really, really cool. Um, What else can I ask you? <laughs> I don't know. you you've covered most of it. Like so um, I suppose like racing wise, like what was it that kind of attracted you towards the racing so if you took what was it about 2010 you said you took up cycling like was it because yeah. of your your husband and boyfriend at the, um did he race like was it just kind of tagging along with him that you got into it and like because to jump from like if the fact that you're racing downhill is you know the pretty kind of high end extreme end of mountain biking so like it's usually something that you start when you're you're young and, yeah. and reckless and wild and like <laughs> yeah um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think it was, I think I can probably attribute it to him also. Cause I think, yeah, he, um, I'm trying to think of the, yeah, actually the first race that we did was this like 24 hour cross country race. And it was oh, just wow. sort of like, like, yeah, he, it, it was like a team thing. I think there was mm-hmm. four of us, my husband, uh, my friend, Sarah, uh, we had one other friend that did it with us and, um, and like in hindsight, I was, not, I don't think any of us were riding like the correct bikes. We were riding these like, you know, big, like mm. big older mountain bikes. Um, so that one was, uh, yeah, I think the first bike race that I did. Um, and then I, th- uh, yeah. So then I think I remember volunteering at a couple races that my husband was racing a couple like Enduros. Um, I think this was around the time that there's a, big enduro series here called um or it used to be called cascadia dirt cup i think it's now called race cascadia um i think it was around the time that it started which was somewhere around like 2010 um okay and i'm trying to remember when it was that my husband was racing but yeah i remember volunteering like doing timing for a couple of those and I do remember thinking like, huh, this like looks like it would be more fun to participate in than just do the timing. <laughs> um, but then I think, so there's a, uh, there's this uh, one race that happens every year. That's a women's only race. Um, that's the most fun race of the year because it's just a good, it's a good group. It's really hard not to have a good time at this race. Um, mm-hmm. It's called the sturdy dirty. Um, and so I think that's what I ended up doing first. And I do remember like, 
the goal of that race was just to be able to like ride the whole course. Like I was in the, like the sport category. And when I signed up, like there were still like all these features on the trail that I couldn't ride. So I think maybe that's partly why I signed up for it was just to, you know, get myself to kind of get over some of those barriers to ride those features. Um, And then, but then once you like start racing, then, like okay well now how can i do it faster how can i ride the harder course so then it's just been like a progression since then awesome yeah, i think that's kind of the same with me and, and my partner like she she was kind of she was outdoorsy anyway like you know she kayaked and everything but then once she started cycling along with me and now she is she's a mountain bike and she's a gravel bike and she she goes to the kind of the races as well the cross-country races and stuff um you know so it's it's great that you know she enjoys doing it and she's kind of she's she's really you know she starts to get the itch if she doesn't be if she hasn't been on her bike in a while yeah um, and then you know we can go out and i have i have two daughters and like they enjoy cycling now the older one has kind of fallen out of love with it as she's hitting her preteen years so mm-hmm. she, but you know if she doesn't like it i'm not going to make her do it yeah but, that's uh, good not to force people I to think, do stuff yeah but she um i know now my partner it's kind of what you were saying that there's certain parts on the trail that you you couldn't do like mm-hmm. she went to one of the the races um and there's this one section of the trail that you know she could never it was just a big corner it was kind of a berm that dropped down but there was a few flat slab rocks in the middle of the corner so it just felt a bit rough but if you didn't go fast enough you didn't need to hit it fast but if you didn't go fast enough you'd start to kind of slide down the, mm-hmm. the edge of the berm and kind of go into the corner and you know she has this kind of rule where she'll she'll roll at it about three times and if she doesn't get it she's not feeling it so mm-hmm. she'll go on but the day of the race I think she she knew she was coming up to that bit and she was kind of getting nervous I think but there was some guy standing on the side of the trail taking photos and then she got distracted by him and next thing you know she realised she was around the corner and she was like oh, oh nice <laughs> and I'm like that, that, that's all it was like you know I could do yeah. that that's so easy like it's just <laughs> that's awesome yeah and, and I love some... I love that part about racing like when it like especially when it like you've been you know working on something or thinking about something and then it actually like works for the race run <laughs> yeah it's all just mind games like you keep worrying and you're the, the longer you stand there and look at it and like i've been times like that when i've been looking at something it's like oh i'm going to do it no i don't oh, oh no yeah no and then you go do the race run and then you, you just you jump over it or you drop off it or do whatever and it's like oh that that's like, why was I so worried? That was, that was really easy. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like nice to then start to carry that over to just writing in general. Cause you're like, you start to, um, yeah, learn to like look at features and be like, oh, okay. I think I can like picture how that would work and like mm-hmm. just being more comfortable trying things. So I think that's why that's the part of racing that I like is just helping with progression. Yeah. And uh, so like when you're out there, if you're doing the training sessions with the kids, like what w- was the original aim more just to get people into cycling and get out there cycling and do the same kind of thing? Or was it more to get kids to get out outside and fitness wise, or was it to get a competitive club going or a bit of everything? So I'm pretty sure that the original aim of that specific club was just to get more kids biking. Um, okay. And they definitely like succeeded with that because I mean, they're, they're they'll be like a hundred kids on the team. Um, so they've gotten a lot of kids on bikes, but then this past year, um, the uh, like the, the leadership of the club changes every couple years because it is a lot to take on. Um, mm-hmm. 
like it's, you know, you're committing to like trying to run these like weekly practices, um, for an entire season. Like, so, I mean, like if it were me, I would, I, you know, I would only be able to do that for maybe like one or two seasons before you'd like need a break from that, especially since it is all volunteer. Um, so this past year, um, the coach of the team did want, well, the kind of the two coaches did want to push it in a little bit of a different direction and kind of split it up into there's this club that's just like, um, we do want to work on skills, but also it's just the bigger goal is just getting more kids stoked on biking and like having a opportunity to go ride their bike, especially like if there's kids where their parents don't bike, you know, they might not get the opportunity to go mountain biking unless they have like uh, this situation. So it sort of split up into that. And then the other part of it was like the competitive team. Um, And so I don't really know where it's going next year. Like the challenge was trying to run both of those things. You kind of need someone who's in charge of both of them. And since the kind of like the main leadership did want to focus on the competitive side, they sort of like shifted their focus to that. So there wasn't as much of a focus on the club team. So yeah, I'm not really sure. I think we're still like having conversations because like right now the season's kind of over. It'll be over until um, not that like, not that I'm going to stop biking and I'm sure there's lots of kids that are going to keep biking, but there's not like organized practices all winter. It'll Mm -hmm. start up again in like March or April. Um, so I think there's just being, there's conversations about what's going to happen next year. Like there basically needs to be someone who's going to run the club team for that part to keep going. And, um, that might be challenging. Like my goal with the team, at least recently has been to try to grow the girls team, which has always been like, there's, there'll be like a hundred kids on the team and like. 90% 90% of them are boys, which is yeah. awesome that there's a hundred kids on the team, but it's like, that means like maybe not 90%. That would be only 10 girls. There's probably like 15 to 20 girls total. But, um, so like the challenge has been growing that. And my fear is that like, if the club team goes away, like that, that like, that's a, you know, safer environment for most, like n- not everybody wants to compete. So yeah. yeah, I guess I'm, I'm concerned about the club team going away because then that's going to affect the girls team growing. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what, what is going to happen for next year. So yeah, like I, I'd hate to see that side of it because like as much as kind of, I, I do go to the local cross country races and stuff, but it's mainly just to kind of support the scene mm-hmm. and kind of show up and enter the races. And, you know, you see the same faces there all the time and just go year after year. It's not like I have a few trophies, but like a lot of my trophies are literally just because I show up to every race and get a, <laughs> you know, my string <laughs> yeah. of fourth places have given me enough points at the end of the season to get a trophy. But, um, you know, there's so many people out there like that, that I have no interest in competing, that I just love cycling their bikes just for the joy of cycling their bikes. And and like, especially with kids, you know, it's easy for an adult to say to another adult, come on, we go ride our bike or something like that. And, you know, you hop in a car or your van and you go drive somewhere and you go do your thing. But it's not always that easy for, for kids to do that. And the fact that they have that, that club and, you know, they have their regular meetings every week or every second week and they always know that, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to get to go ride my bike and see my friends and do my thing. Um, but if the, if it was to fall by the wayside and they were only going to focus on the competitive side and there's always going to be those few people that don't really want to race. They just want to 
go out and have fun but then if they don't have that club to go out and they just kind of yeah start to forget about cycling and it'd be it'd be sad to see that happen yeah that's kind of my concern is like if you if you take that away you're kind of like you're not really making it as inclusive and like you know welcoming for anybody that wants to ride a bike and that's yeah i mean that's part of why i support that club so yeah so i'm not i, I don't know I, there's been ongoing conversations about it it's like on the one hand you know, I'm like, oh, well, I want the club team to keep going, but I I can't really commit to running the club yeah. team. Like, I, I want to run the girls team, and that's only going to be successful if the club team still exists. But mm-hmm. I can't really, like, commit to running the club team. Like, it's um, it's just too, it's a lot of work. So, yeah, so I just, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what will happen. I'm hoping there'll be someone who does want to run the club team. I guess that's, <laughs> that's my hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, I'd say it's, I'm sure it's a big undertaking. So yeah, that's being wanting to see it keep going and then being able to put in the work to make sure that it keeps going are two different things. And like it's hopefully there's always you know there's always those individuals that are like go above and beyond to to keep these things going. So hopefully you're you'll be able to figure something out there. I was gonna throw out the idea at some point that maybe they could um, like it seems like it doesn't have to be a volunteer job like if you like paid someone to run the club team (laughs) like i think the the funds are available and like i feel like that would that could it's just like it's hard to really commit to something that you're like volunteering your time to do whereas like if you're like oh this is like you know a job that i'm like uh that i'm gonna commit to these days like i don't know it'd be it'd be easier for me to commit to that because then you could like take time away from something else that you're doing um, so yeah, but, but we'll see. Yeah, I know. Like you, you could easily be in it for you know the cause, but at the same time, if you have to take time away from your own nine to five that pays the bills, yeah, you yeah know, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to to give up those few hours when you're not being compensated for something else, even though yeah. you still want to do it for the right reasons. But you can't always afford to miss a day's work of worth or days worth of work. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for coming on and having a chat with me. It's super yeah. early this morning. Um, <laughs> it's it's great to learn about your clubs and how you're kind of helping support them, and hopefully they they keep going with the non-competitive side to keep the kids into it. And um, yeah, that's my hope. And I I appreciate you taking the time this morning to come on and have a chat with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Mm-hmm.